and good morning, everyone. Welcome to the 46th episode of the Insiders on Real Estate and Marketing. I am your host, Sandy Hibbard, and sitting next to me is my co-host, Mr. Mark Miller, representing our sponsor, Secured Title of Texas. How are you, my dear? I'm doing great. Yeah? It's another morning. It is. I know. I did this for you. I did I know, this for I know, you. I thought about that. You know, Mark's yeah. like the last yeah. episode, we did it in the morning, and I'm coming in, you know, bags under my eyes, and he's all <laughs> chipper. I'm like, how do you do this? I'm yeah. going to try to do it one more time. So, well, anyway. I've been up since five, so, you know, yeah? you're just ready. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. I'm five hours in, I'm rocking. Well, you must yeah. go to bed at, like, seven o'clock or something. Uh, sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> well, we've got a super show today, yeah. and, and uh, but before we jump into that, we, we have to know a little bit about what this market is doing right Ooh. now, because you gave me some information and kind of hinting at a storm brewing. Yep. Talk to me about that. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, we're just continuing to have market compression. Uh, the, the overlay to that is that we naturally move into the holidays anyhow, so mm -hmm. business usually slows down a little bit in November, December. Holidays, people don't want to move, Christmas, etc. Yeah, historically it's always right. been that way. But then you overlay that with a 7.5% interest rate, uh, which is down slightly, and it's, it's stimulated a little bit of originations, but not enough. So we've really got a very compressed market, and right. closings are down substantially across. In fact, I was in a meeting with the Texas Land Title Association, a dinner, and they said statewide we're down 40%. Whoa. Statewide. So On closings? Yes. So the resulting of that is that we've had now four title companies that have gone into receivership, and I look for more companies that don't have the capital capability of mm -hmm. having to close their doors. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that just kind of goes down into the mortgage industry, goes down into the real estate industry. Trickles down everywhere. Yeah. So there's a, you know, there's kind of a fear factor out there. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, we're starting to see the foreclosure on the commercial side. Mm -hmm. They just foreclosed on a building up on the tollway, uh, one Hanover, which is only a oh, I know that two, building. It's two hundred thousand square foot building in New York Life just foreclosed on the owners who are out of Houston. Wow. So the office segment is is going to be the first to, to suffer. Yeah, and that's, that's uh, not good because yeah. that's kind of been holding yeah. things together this year, Correct. hasn't it? And then overall, you have in the Metroplex probably somewhere in the neighborhood of ten billion dollars of debt that is coming due in the next twelve to eighteen months. And those those rates were probably sitting in the two to three percent range, and now if a lender is willing to do that, it's going to be in the eight percent range. Yeah. So we got some challenges ahead mm -hmm. of us. I'm I'm not looking for a robust 2024. I'm looking for hopefully a better 2024. But mm -hmm. our budgeting is being realistic, at least stable, right? Stable. That's what I'm. Well, I yeah. think it's affecting all businesses. It is. I'm experiencing that in my own business that companies have really struggled. Uh, since July, it's like it kind of hit midsummer, and I'm I'm seeing some people who have had established businesses that have really really struggled yeah. up until now. So, um, fingers crossed that things are going to get better. But today we're going to learn how to handle some of these challenges. And Mark, I'm I'm really grateful that you brought our guest our way. So. I want you to just jump in and talk sure. talk about her a minute and introduce well, I, her. You know, with what I just did given as the preamble to that was just how important mindset is at this moment in time and discipline mm -hmm. and not not fear but be faithful and be disciplined mm -hmm. and focused on mm -hmm. a daily basis and mm -hmm. don't look too far out in front of you mm -hmm. uh, to that side and just work your work your daily side so all of that being as a mindset and I had the opportunity to meet Amberly spoke at our uh, Dallas Roundtable organization that I'm involved in and mm -hmm. she just absolutely floored everybody mm. you know everybody was note-taking fools because uh, <laughs> she, she just has so many great nuggets yeah. and 
part of that is, for, you know, and what she went through and in 2010, um, when she was living in California, she was uh, into fitness and dance as part of her profession, and she was out on a beautiful day riding her uh, Harley, and uh, she got T-boned by SUV. Uh, the end result mm -hmm. whew, of that was uh, she had to make her way through 34 surgeries mm -hmm. and live in a, mm -hmm. uh, in a situation that none of us can even comprehend, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. which is just not only the recovery side of it, but just dealing with the daily pain. Right. And that all takes the mindset in order to do that and recalibrate yourself, right. and you have to do it on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. Events like that change you. Totally life-changing. Uh, duh. Yeah. Yeah. And change your life. I mean, having to fight for living, having to fight for your leg, having to fight to walk again, mm -hmm. all those things, you know, things that we take for granted, right? Right, right. And, and when tragedy hits... I said, I will never complain about a leg cramp again. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> like, if I wake up in the morning and I go across the floor and something's hurting, I'm like, it's not hurting. Jeez. I'm okay. I've seen Amberly's yeah. story. I'm all right. Yeah. Well, so, we're talking about Amberly Lago. 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 Amberly yep. Lago. Yep. And uh, like Mark was saying, uh, Amberly had a horrible crash and uh, years of recovery. She's going to talk to us about that. She's also the author of uh, New York Times bestselling book, True Grit and Grace, which, which has all these nuggets that she's going to be talking with us about today. So I encourage you to go on to Amazon and pick up that book if you want to uh, continue this podcast in your own private time through that book. So, um, Yeah, and I think one of the key, you know, points to that as well is just um, when you go through anything is and I think Amberly would, would touch on this is the acceptance mm -hmm. of where you are mm -hmm. in mm -hmm. your circumstances mm -hmm. and then how do you move forward to make the most that's good of mm -hmm. those and have that type of mindset um, positive attitude those type of things that make mm -hmm. help you get through mm -hmm. each of those days not just mm -hmm. you know as a judge uh, Jim fight I've been interacting with him a little bit on this mm -hmm. broker issue but he said, you know, this isn't about survival. It's about succeeding. Yes. And I just yes. love that theme yes. that Jim has. And I think that's where Amberly would be as yeah. well. It's not just about surviving. It's about how do I move forward and succeed. Absolutely. So that side. So I didn't even touch nearly on everything she's accomplished I know. and what she's I know. overcome. But I am just over excited to have you on our show today. Well, so. my goodness. Thank you, and Sandy and Mark. Thank you all so much for having me on. I'm just honored to be here. And uh, yeah, so much of what you said, well, first of all, I'm not a New York Times bestseller. I just have to say that. But I well, hope to be someday. We're I mean, speaking it out. I, I, I just put in a new book proposal and I'm like, hey, who knows? Maybe that'll come true. But you know, know. yeah, it, it is a hard, hard times right now. And um I can definitely attest to having to reinvent my, completely reinvent mm -hmm. what I did, my career. I mean, I was 38 and had to start over. I had $2.9 million worth of medical expenses. We had a lien on our house. Um, I'll never forget my husband calling me from the parking lot at the grocery store one day and said, well, I think our car's been stolen. And I said, wait a minute. We got a lien on our house. My motorcycle's titled. And now you're telling me the car's been stolen? And he goes, oh, wait a minute. No, there was a UPS truck blocking it. So, like, okay, <laughs> oh, right. okay at least, okay, we have our car. But um, it has taken a lot of 
grit and a lot of giving myself grace along the way mm-hmm. to get through these moments um, and a lot of faith. So I love everything that you shared. And all of that did start with acceptance because I was in denial. I did not want to mm-hmm. accept the fact that I was completely scarred from the hip down, mm-hmm. um, that I wouldn't be able to do fitness videos and modeling anymore. Mm-hmm. Um that I didn't want to accept that I was out of work. I was the main breadwinner of the family. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And it was when I got into acceptance and had awareness for where I was, who I was, that my life started to change. Mm -hmm, So mm -hmm. I think that's the first step for anyone is just to get, take radical, radical accountability and get radically honest with yourself about where you are on your journey so you can move forward. Well, Amberly, let's go backward just for a second and share exactly what happened. We we know that you were on a motorcycle and you were hit. Mm -hmm. Um, I can't even imagine the damage that would do to anybody who's being hit by an SUV that's on a motorcycle. So what happened to you? Well, it's interesting just... Uh, last weekend I had um, one of my girlfriends I had a mastermind meetup and one of my girlfriends from California came out and she was the last person that I talked to when I got on my motorcycle and I'll never forget she said Amberly be careful and I remember putting my helmet on and saying I said I will I'll be careful and getting on I was cruising down Ventura Boulevard and I was only going 25 miles an hour and as a motorcyclist you drive defensively, meaning that you pay attention, you know, sometimes in the car people are texting or they're listening to the radio or they're not really paying attention. But when you're on a motorcycle, you are looking around at everything to make sure people see you to make sure you're safe. And I remember seeing this guy coming out of a parking lot and I thought, okay, he sees me. Then I was like, oh, he doesn't see me. And it was too late. He had like you know, went out of the parking lot fast. So it was like, um, it wasn't like a slow turn. It was like Mm -hmm. he was trying to beat me. So I was punched, thrown off my bike, um, thrown about 30 feet. Mm -hmm. And I remember when I finally came to a stop, I looked down and my leg was completely crumbled into pieces. And, you know, there was blood everywhere. I didn't Mm -hmm. know at the time, but my femoral artery was actually severed. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And luckily I had a guy who came over right away, took his belt off, made a tourniquet around my leg. And the paramedics were right down the street at Mm -hmm. the coffee bean. They started running towards me before they even got the call. So I feel like... Because they saw it. They saw They heard it. Uh They saw it. And I feel like everything happened. And I was so blessed and had guardian angels Mm -hmm. looking after me Mm -hmm. that I got to the hospital right away. Because you can bleed out within 10 minutes when you Mm -hmm. have a severed femoral artery. Mm -hmm. And... um, Remember, the, the ER was chaotic. It was just... Uh, so you were conscious? Oh, I remember every single part. Oh, I my gosh. I remember laying in the road, and the things that went through my mind, mm-hmm. like one of the first thoughts mm-hmm. I had, and I'm sure y'all can relate to this a little bit because being an entrepreneur, like my mindset was, okay, well, this can't be good. I might have to train clients on crutches for a while. That was one of my first thoughts. <laughs> I, had, oh my I had no idea like how my life was going to change. Right. I'm thinking, okay, how can I keep working? How can I keep a roof over my head? Like what's next? Amazing. And, um, and I was cussing and I thought, oh, my Methodist mama would not like <laughs> these words, but I could not control. Like it was just so painful. Right, right, right. And um, I remember being in the back of the, you know, the ambulance and squeezing the paramedic's leg. 
so hard, just squeezing it and looking at him and wanting him to look back at me for some kind of assurance, like you're going to be okay. Mm -hmm. You're Mm -hmm. going to get through this. And he wouldn't look at me. Mm -hmm. And I thought, oh, I must be dying because he won't even acknowledge that how bad it is. He won't even look at me. He won't make eye contact with me. And when I got to the ER, it, it was filled with cops, my husband being a lieutenant commander and the news travels fast and the police force. And so the whole room was filled with cops. And I heard this just crying like like I'd never heard before. And I realized it was my husband. Now, I had never, my husband, Mark, he's like a tall guy like you. He's a big, strong guy like you. And I'd never seen him cry. And he was hysterical, and I thought, oh, my gosh, I think I might be dying. And I thought, I I yelled across the ER. I said, honey, I need you to get over here and be strong for me. Because in that moment, I thought, I need to know that he is going to be okay and be able Mm -hmm. to hold it together for our two kids. Mm -hmm. And that's the last thing I remember before they put me in a coma. Oh, my God. So, you know, we've all had accidents and things happen to us and been faced with with similar things of fear and uh, acceptance of what's just happened to us, the destruction and falling apart of our life as a result or building it back up. But one of the things that I know that you talk about and that Mark and I have talked about is being able to face the fear. And what was the fear other than losing your job? Were there other fears that you had that has brought you to where you are today that you've had to work on overcoming? Um, I think that when I was in the hospital, I was so, of course I had fears. Of course I thought, wow, what if tomorrow's the day that I wake up and they tell me, I'm sorry, we couldn't save your leg and we Mm -hmm, amputated mm -hmm. your leg. I had, I remember there was one night in particular where I was spiraling down into depression and fear. And I was thinking, what if you know, they do amputate my leg. What if I can't chase after my kids? What if my husband doesn't love me? What if he leaves me? What if I can't work again? What if I can't walk again? All these things. And I remember in that moment thinking, okay, wait a minute, I have a choice here. I can continue to go down that road of what if and despair and sadness, or I can look at what I do have and what I can do. And that's where gratitude really came in and saved me. Mm-hmm. And in that moment, I grabbed, um, I had a little notepad that somebody brought me in the hospital. And I wrote in that notepad, every nurse that I had that came in, because I wanted to know them by name and thank them by name, every doctor, Every client that came in that brought me food or flowers, every friend that came to visit me, because I wanted to write them a thank you note for for coming to the hospital. And I was, you know, of course, so drugged up from, I would have a day of surgery, a day of recovery, a day of surgery, a day of recovery. And so I wrote everything down so I would not forget to write them a thank you note. And I noticed as I would focus on how grateful I was for everyone who came in and and what I did have, it started to change the way that I felt. And so now, to this day, I still practice gratitude. Mm -hmm. And I say practice because sometimes it's hard. Mm -hmm. When you're going through, through something real hard, and I will tell you, even this morning, so if you saw my foot right now without my shoe on, Mm -hmm. I think I actually broke a bone in my foot, my whole foot is black and blue and swollen and so when I wake up in the morning I can barely walk it takes a while to 
keep moving, especially with complex regional pain syndrome. And I could easily go down the road of life is hard, man. This maybe I'm just going to give up. <laughs> yeah, maybe yeah, I just right. need to go I'm back done. to bed. Yeah, what else? Yeah, yeah. What? Exactly. What else? You know. Right. But Mark, like you, I got up at five o'clock this morning, and the first thing I do is practice gratitude because it shifts my mindset. Yeah, mm-hmm. it yeah. really gets you focused on what you can do and what you do have. And so, I also have accountability with that so I have a group of ladies we call ourselves the God Squad mm-hmm. and we have an app that we use and we write 10 things that we're grateful for and we mm-hmm. share that because mm-hmm. it's one thing to to feel grateful mm-hmm. to write it out but to share it and mm-hmm. then to read what somebody else is grateful mm-hmm. for that really shifts your perspective mm-hmm. and you're doing the work the uh, my therapist years ago told me that to make it in life, we need a strong will and a grateful heart. And I've had that on my refrigerator for years. A strong will, which I see that in you, and a grateful heart. But you do have to work at that every day. And, and it's not like one day I'm going to accept my situation and then everything's going to be okay. Sometimes we have to accept our situation 50 times a day. You're so right. <laughs> you are so right. Yeah. Yes. I'm so glad you said that. It's not You're like so a magic right. pill that you take. And even gratefulness isn't like a magic pill that you take. It It means we have to dig in and do the work. And those that are willing to dig in and do the work in their lives, work on gratefulness, mm-hmm. work on their attitudes, work on their ability to accept whatever it is, kiss the chains. A, a, a very spiritual leader of mine back in the day, Malcolm Smith, said, kiss the chains and they will not be your that you won't be in bondage yeah, yeah, anymore. You won't be binded. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So good stuff. I mean this and is And all of how... that's not a natural um, reaction for, for a human being. No, I mean, because we're lazy. Yeah. We want right. everything to be okay yeah. and fine and comfortable. And if it gets hard, so many people bail. But that's when the work comes in. Can mm-hmm. you do the work? Mm-hmm. And if you can do the work, then you can have peace and you can experience grace and you can know success. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, those are my beliefs. I, I agree. And I think one of the things that helped me the most throughout my whole journey mm-hmm. is being of service to others. Mm-hmm. And I've had people go, well, I can't be of service. I am in too much pain or I'm in the hospital or whatever the excuse mm-hmm. is. And I say that because I was of service to others even when I was in the hospital. Mm -hmm. And when you can serve others, it takes your focus off of Mm -hmm. yourself and your problems, Mm -hmm. and you get to help someone else. And so um, when I was in the hospital, you know, I had a chair in a, a corner, and there was a curtain, and the nurses would come and plop themselves down beside me and mm-hmm. sometimes cry to me and just tell me their problems mm-hmm. and just take a break. And um, they had trackers on them, so sometimes they were there for so long they got in trouble and got kicked <laughs> out of the room. But you I were could, a light to them. I could give them suggestions. I could help them or I could just listen. I was still making phone calls to clients. I was still setting up nutrition <coughs> plans for clients. And, and in fact, this is something that I haven't shared a lot, but when I first got out of a coma, the very first thing I did, the very first thing I did was ask for my phone and I started calling clients because (laughs) saving my business was just as important to me as saving my leg. And so, you know, they were like, 
my husband was like, give me the phone. And I was like, wait, one more call. And I was like, hey, <laughs> I may be in ICU now, but third quarter, we are finishing strong, you know. Mm -hmm. And so I, I was determined to, to save Ooh, my business. That's amazing. So how can we turn this today in just the next 10 minutes that we've got? Gosh, it goes by quick. I know. I know. To the, the industry that Mark serves, the industry that I serve, entrepreneurs, real estate people, people who are just trying to make a buck in this economy. Mm -hmm. How can we take some of these things? I know you talk to groups. Let's, let's turn it to that. How can we encourage the entrepreneur, the realtor that's out there, the luxury person, the title rep who's out there trying to get business when, they, when their, their personal world is crashing down around them? What is it? What's the spark? You know what? I think that sometimes when you're an entrepreneur, and especially when you start achieving luminous success, a lot of success, mm -hmm. with there's uh, with what is that saying? Uh, new levels, new devils, the thing. Ooh. But uh, never heard that. But that's a good one. Yeah, I mean, if there's always challenges, and I know for me, I have sometimes felt alone. And I know mm -hmm. when I was after my accident, I felt very alone, like nobody would ever understand what I was going through. And I always prided myself on the fact that I had grit. Like, when you've got grit, there is no quit. Now it's just like, I'm going to work hard. Mm -hmm. I'm going to push hard. I'm going to. And I mean, how many of us think if I just work harder, if I just focus mm -hmm. more, if I just post more on social oh media? Oh my gosh, yes, it, we all do. Then I'll be successful. Mm -hmm. And what I found is that did not work for me. Mm -hmm. And what I found is grit without connection is resistance. Okay. It feels like clawing your way to the top. It feels lonely. Mm -hmm. It feels like hitting roadblocks. Mm -hmm. But grit with connection is where you find resilience. Mm -hmm. And so just to know, like if there's one thing that I can share to take away from this whole time together today is like, don't do it alone. I for so long felt like I had to do it alone. I mm -hmm. didn't want to ask for help. Mm -hmm. If you're struggling, come together, mm -hmm. ask for help. I mean, what you guys do with your show is amazing because people get to hear you and learn from your wisdom. But I would suggest like come together and work together so you don't have to do it alone. Yeah, we're strong alone, but together we're unstoppable. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm. I love that. And that goes back to building a team. Like right. we've been talking about a lot this year is building a team around you. And uh -huh. entrepreneurs... Uh, of a certain ilk tend to want to do things by themselves because they like the control, because it's comfortable, because they have their own way of moving into a day and it's just easier on their yeah. own. But the struggle, I agree, has to be because we don't have that support or we don't have a team. Right. And uh, there was a movie I was watching last night where the the actress said, but how can I do this? I don't have a team and you're not ever going to get me a team. No one's here to help me do it. Well, there's, there's a difference in being like that or being someone that takes their grit and realizes I need a team. I'm going to go out and create it myself. Yeah. As opposed to the person who's like, wah, 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 I don't have a team. You won't do this for me. That just, what you just said makes me remember a conversation I had when I was telling somebody who had the same nerve disease that I had. She goes, well, you're lucky that you had community. And I said, you know what? Your hard work puts you where your blessings can find you. Mm -hmm. You don't just get to have a team. You have to give. You have to contribute. You mm -hmm. have to support. You have to add value mm -hmm. everywhere you go. Mm -hmm. And that's how you build a good team. That's mm -hmm. how you build those relationships. And I feel like 
you know, success is built on relationships. Mm -hmm. is, that, is that a little bit of the underpinning of your mastermind group? Is that... Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, that is... Because mastermind what, is kind of a common term in the real estate industry. You know, they always have mastermind groups that get together. I've never been in one, but mm -hmm. I'm just always curious to know kind of what it, what is happening. Yeah, tell that. us about that. Well, you know, when I first started out, and mm -hmm. I, I mean, six years ago, I didn't own a computer, and I had this bright idea. I was like, I want to write a book. Mm -hmm. And people were like, you want to write a book? No, you should stick to fitness. Like, you don't own a computer. You don't have a college education. You shouldn't do that. And I was like, well, then I'm definitely going to do that. <laughs> and so I wrote like 90% of my book Love it. on a notepad. Then I hired an editor, and I was like, what kind of computer do I need? And I went and to the, you know, bought a computer, took classes on how, to, I didn't even know how to attach a picture to like an email. That's how, because right. my whole life I lived on the dance floor and the gym floor. Yeah. Um, and so I wrote this book and I went through so many, like figured out how to use social media and built my social media from the ground up. I did mm -hmm. all my branding because I didn't have the money back then mm -hmm. to, to hire anybody to do it. So I had to figure it out and mm -hmm. I made a commitment. You talked about willpower earlier mm -hmm. and I think willpower is great, but I think discipline mm -hmm. is where it's at. And some people don't mm -hmm. like to hear that word discipline, mm -hmm. Yeah, but man, when sometimes your willpower fleets, especially if we yeah. get to, Hungry, angry, lonely, mm -hmm. or tired. Mm -hmm. I always say halt because mm -hmm. if we get any of those things, our willpower will go out the window. But mm -hmm. if we're disciplined and we have, we are so focused on why we're doing something, mm -hmm. then we'll continue to strive to keep moving mm -hmm. forward mm -hmm. and to stay focused. Mm -hmm. And so I wanted to create a mastermind for women so I could time collapse their goals, so I could share all the mistakes that I made, which mm -hmm. were great lessons for me, sometimes very, very expensive lessons for me. But I wanted to just be able to share those things with other women who <clears throat> want to share their message if they want to write a book, do a podcast, mm -hmm. speak on more stages mm -hmm. so I can impact them so they can impact the world in a positive way. Fantastic. What is, in working with women, what do you feel like is one of the major obstacles that female entrepreneurs struggle against? You know, I know that there are a lot of uh, maybe female entrepreneurs that, that struggle out there, but honestly, when I started my mastermind, I prayed for faithful women that want to make a positive impact in the world, mm -hmm. that are collaborative, that are supportive, and I have to say that that's what I got. I mean, mm -hmm. I know I'm very fortunate that that's what that's who I have in my mastermind. Mm -hmm. I'm very protective of that. I'm mm -hmm. very like um, when people apply to join, um, they'll I'll get on a call and they're like, "Oh my gosh, you actually are getting on the call with me." I'm like, "Yeah," because I want to see if you're a good fit right? for our group Absolutely. or our family. Yeah. Um, I think that what I have heard of before is a lot of females don't have that abundance mindset. Mm -hmm. And they don't understand that if you help other women, it will come back to you. Mm -hmm. I mean, mm -hmm. not that I help other women because I want something, but I do it because mm -hmm. I genuinely love to see them grow and I mm -hmm. want to help them. But it always comes back. And I think that if more women realized, you know, there's enough success for all of us out there mm -hmm. 
that you don't have to think, you know, we can all help each other mm -hmm. and we all grow when we help each other. Absolutely. And it's really about changing the mindset. Mm -hmm. um, mindset's everything. Mm -hmm. And as I'm listening to you today and your, your positiveness and how you have taken your light and your chutzpah through the years to bring you where you are today, that was Amberly. I mean, come on, that was you. Now, there are other people out there that can do the same thing in their way. And then there are other people who just can't get there. And so I think that the, the mindset, working on that mindset, working on gratefulness, working on acceptance, if, if, if you're not just a Susie Sunshine, <laughs> you know, and you're ready to fly, uh, how do you get to the place where you can become unencumbered and and I would say you know seek professional help get a mentor get a coach do whatever a person needs to do because I'm a preacher's kid grew up in the church grew up oh, you know wow. ministering and I've seen everything there is to see I've worked with every kind of person there is to work with and believe me the majority of people don't have the light <laughs> they don't have the ability to pull themselves up and to talk <clears throat> themselves out and to work themselves out they don't most people need help. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's where the coaching, the mentoring, uh, finding an outlet, finding some yeah. way, a church, whatever it might be. This is why faith, I think, is so important mm -hmm. for people because that does bring you the help. It does help you to overcome your own self sometimes, you know, in many cases. Oh, yeah. But even in growing up in the church and it being in your face, and every Sunday morning, every Sunday night, every Bible study, every youth group, everything, people still struggle, struggle. because there are, yeah. there are our own demons that we have mm -hmm. inside to deal with ourselves. Mm -hmm. And so that's where I think that professional help can really help you or a good mentor or a good coach. Because I was just reading our notes here, shift the mindset from flight to fight. And sometimes people go through so much that they don't have a fight left in them. Mm -hmm. Did you ever find yourself in that situation through all of this where your fight was just gone? Oh, yeah. I went through a struggle where I, I think when I really hit rock bottom was, you know, I was always uh, driven, focused on success mm -hmm. and focused on my career. You know, I moved to California when I was 18 and started mm -hmm. working. I had four jobs in the first two weeks I mm -hmm. was in California. I started working when I was 13. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't include, like, when I was eight years old, had babysitting jobs. Mm -hmm. So I was always focused on work, achievement, mm -hmm. and um, after my accident and being diagnosed with this incurable nerve disease called complex regional pain syndrome, I had every kind of treatment. I mean, I was on 73 homeopathic pills along with 11 prescription medications, had a spinal block, spinal radiofrequency, mm -hmm. spinal stimulator, all these things, and nothing was helping with the pain. And um, so I started drinking to try mm -hmm. to just numb out the pain. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And um, that worked until it didn't. Mm -hmm. And I had so much shame that how did a good girl like me mm -hmm. end up like this where I got to drink every day? Mm -hmm. And it was that acceptance of I got a problem mm -hmm. and then getting on my knees and praying mm -hmm. and asking God for help. Mm -hmm. And I thought, I can't do this on my own. Mm -hmm. I need to believe in something bigger than me to help me through mm, this. That's good. That's good. And um, I think that what you said about having a coach, a mentor, a community is is everything because people I need people. Yeah, I couldn't do it 
alone. And, you know, I couldn't stay sober without my sober sisters, my sober mm-hmm. community. Mm-hmm. In fact, when um, next month will be two years ago that my family moved back to Texas. And I knew in the first week, I was like, I'm going to need to find a church. I'm going to need to find a barn for my daughter. And I'm going to need to find, like, a sober community for me because mm-hmm. I know my daughter needs her horse crazy girls to be around. Mm-hmm. We need our church. Mm-hmm. I need my sober sisters. Like, mm-hmm. so I knew. And so <laughs> the first day we were here, I'm pulling out of the driveway with my daughter and my husband's like, honey, the moving truck is, they're coming with the furniture. And I'm like, I'll be back. I got a, <laughs> I got an appointment at this barn for my daughter because I knew I needed to find Yeah. I yeah. needed her to have her community. <clears throat> you were so in fight mode. I was like, whether <laughs> it's you're young, whether you're, you know, mm-hmm. you know, my age, mm-hmm. I was like, you need community. Mm-hmm. And you don't, I mean, because I've, I've tried to do it alone, mm-hmm. and it didn't work. Mm-hmm. And so, mm-hmm. yeah. Community. That's what it's all about, my yep. friend. Yep. Well, we've run out of time. All right. Darn it. So you want to tell us? How yeah. do you want to leave us today? Yeah, I mean, my takeaways are... Uh, I know you have really loved her yeah. speaking and been touched by... Yeah. Um, obviously, grit and grace is a, mm-hmm. is, a, mm-hmm. is a great way to focus on a daily basis. But discipline, uh, right now I'd say don't read the press. Mm-hmm. Just be disciplined mm-hmm. in what you know has brought mm-hmm. you success before mm-hmm. and stay with that formula. Be grateful, mm-hmm. particularly in this Thanksgiving time. Absolutely. Of what we have. Uh, and not what be fearful of what you're going to lose or what's going to happen in the market. Just give thanks to that side. And then accountability. Get, get a group that you can be accountable with that can support you. Mm-hmm. You can support them through these times. And communicate. Don't get isolated, but get in communication. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sharing your concerns, your victories, or whatever those things may be, and, and bring that collaboration together to, to make it through this because we've got, we got some challenges ahead of us. But it's a cycle, and we'll make it through. But... Mm-hmm. Using those type of things, I think, are, are good ways to uh, absolutely thrive, not just survive. Yeah, yeah I love that. Amberly, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank I appreciate you. it. It's a pleasure to meet you. Thank you and I so can't much. wait for us to have another meeting or you to come back on the show and thank we'll you. continue our conversation. <clears throat> thank you. Everybody, thank you. Have a wonderful Thanksgiving. And just remember to act on your gratefulness because, listen, we're in America. We are here today, and I would say that all of us pretty much are okay. We might not have everything we want, but we're all pretty much okay. And if you need someone, reach out to us. Amberly is at Amberly Logo. Lago. Lago. I never get it right. <laughs> That's all right. <laughs> Amberly Lago, L-A-G-O dot com. Reach out to her. Reach out to Mark. Reach out to me. If you need someone to help you through something that you're going through right now, don't do it alone. We are here. We love you. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. Mm -hmm. Ciao. Happy Thanksgiving.